Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of What's My Line? This is episode 47, and holy hell, I've done 47 episodes of these things, so I am, I'm just as shocked as you guys, but thank you guys so much for listening to 47 episodes. If you're here for the first time, we're going to have some fun today, because today I'm joined by someone who's a vlogger, a influencer, a streamer, and she calls herself the fun finder, too, right? <laughs> That's a new, oh yeah, I just kind of like threw that in. I kind of just give myself different names whenever I feel like yeah. it, I guess. <laughs> hey, give yourself nicknames, always promote yourself. But I am joined today by the lovely and phenomenal Char Medell. Char, how's it going? Honestly, I'm good, but I just, I always think it's going to take like less time than something does. And I just got done filming or doing video for, it's called the Supplied Shop. I'll be sharing information on that. But I just, I thought, oh, this is only going to take like, an hour and a half and we're like three hours in and i'm i'm taking a break <laughs> yeah it's crazy like anytime i ever have to do like uh any filming like filming anything it's like oh it's, it's gonna be like yeah probably take like an hour or two hours and there for like eight hours it's so i get it totally understand about how long you're dealing with a different ball game though you're on a legitimate set i'm my own set with a bunch of lights i keep breaking so, <laughs> so oh, well, hey at least you don't have to like pay or i guess you i guess you have to pay off the lights if you keep breaking but at least no one <laughs> yeah, gets upset that you're breaking off the lights <laughs> they work some of them are like taped together but we got it set up <laughs> well you know since we're since it's 2020 and everybody knows there's, there's a pandemic going on so i'd like to ask my guests the first thing how has this coronavirus affected your 2020 was there any like major plan that got canceled for you or is it has there has there been anything that's like steered you off your course you know what i i would say i was lucky but then i remember all the work i put into it but in a, in essence i was lucky because i started working from home a year ago and it wasn't like i knew that we were going to come up on some crazy pandemic it just happened if the cards fell that way kind of in my favor so it did affect me, you know, just being stuck at home. I think it affects everybody. We're social creatures and you kind of got, if you live alone, like I do, then you're just like, there's no interaction physically with anybody. That was kind of strange, but on a financial level, on a work level, no, I, it helped me because then I was able to focus on work without distraction. And so I ended up doing streaming, blogging for a company um, almost a year now. And they had just launched the streaming aspect when we shut down. So it was kind of like the perfect storm. Again, it worked out in my favor and it allowed me to focus, but I wouldn't say that I was like necessarily like grateful for a pandemic, but it, but you know what I'm saying? I don't mean it to come off that way. I'm just saying that in it, the, where I was at in my life, it didn't affect me as, as bad as it did a lot of people around me. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's get into, you said mentioned about, you know, people being social, like creatures. Well, let's talk about you growing up when you, okay, you're currently in Las Vegas now. Did you grow up in Las Vegas or, uh, like where, where yeah. did you grow up? Oh, Indiana. So my background is like, I grew up in Indiana and I've been in Vegas almost like 10 and a half years now. So a decade. Um, I moved out here by myself. I knew I, I took a job at the sports nutrition company originally, but honestly, I don't care if it would have been a McDonald's. I would have moved out here if somebody given me an opportunity because okay. I just wanted to get out of Indiana at the time. So it was just a, a strange time because I had lived one way for so long, long-term relationship. I grew up really religious for most of my life. 
really involved in a church. Um, I had like two jobs since I was 14 years old. I always worked, bought, you know, most of my stuff for myself. Um, and going from that and not really enjoying, I didn't have like a true childhood. Like I never went to prom. I didn't get to go have a graduation party. My parents didn't really celebrate or like give us gifts after the time we were like 15. It was just, I kind of felt a little robbed of enjoying life. So when I moved to Vegas, like my, probably my first six months, I did go out a lot, but I didn't know anybody here. And when I moved out here, my job just kind of crumbled. And it was not the situation that I thought it was going to be. And um, I was supposed to be their marketer. And then they ended up folding before they even launched. And so here I was stuck in a city. I didn't know anyone. So I took every single invitation out and I got everybody's phone number and um, connected online with them. There was an Instagram at that time. It was Facebook. And I just sort of branched out that way. And, and I was like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to go home. So um, now I worked at Indiana University too. And so I had, you know, like work experience, but not that it wouldn't have been useful here in a service industry. So I literally booked my ass off Craigslist. Am I allowed to say cuss words? Sorry. And I booked oh, yeah, you can, you can curse. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll try not to say too much. For six months, I booked myself on trade shows and promotional modeling, made a fake resume and lied. I literally just asked <laughs> people around what I could do to make money. And that's how I survived for the longest time. So yeah, for several years, I did trade shows, promotions. I helped the nightclub events. I, you know, did the stuff sometimes where you're standing and you're just like the hot girl. And then other times you're the sales girl. Like it was kind of all over yeah. the map and it was fun because my life had been so serious up until that point that I really embraced it. I, like I lived in reverse, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You really hustled to kind of make yourself, you know, to be a success out there. Why, why Vegas? Why not? Can you know other people... I was like, oh, New York or Los Angeles. What, what was it about Vegas for you that made, that made you want to go out there? I wanted to go to California originally. and okay. But the job opportunity that I had was Las Vegas. And I was working remotely. I had a full-time job at IU. And I was also working for a guy helping him set up promotional models in each city around the country before he launched an energy drink. So that's kind of how I knew what promotional modeling was, even though I had never done it. I knew about it when I moved out here. But he, 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 he lives here with his fiance, and they were building from scratch from Las Vegas. And I was going to come out here and get started to get the ball rolling for their launch. So I, had, I was like, do I really want to move? I don't know anything about this city. I am not a desert dweller. I'm a forest and mountains type person or at least you know at least there's the ocean in california like a little bit more you know terrain to go on adventures but it, it's what got me here and then people go why are you still there you know i built up a huge network here and i never felt like i had monetized it or worked with the people and i've kind of just been build 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 phase for the last decade this last year and this year is like oh, okay now i'm tapping into my network so i stayed here because I'm sort of still in build mode, probably for like at least another year. And oh. then I'll be thinking about moving. Where would you want to move to after you're going to build mode over? When I, beginning of the year, I would have told you I was thinking about California. Um, now, just with the way things have kind of developed this year, I'm wanting to go someplace a little bit quieter, a little bit more woods outdoors a little bit more 
less busy, you know, I don't want to deal with the traffic. I don't want to deal with the hustle and bustle, but I want to be able to be a little near it. Um, but I was actually looking at Utah, so I'm not sure, like maybe a little bit closer to Northern Utah and it's a cheap flight to Vegas. And I like to travel and get out of town like once a month. I did regularly go to California before the pandemic. So for me to go, oh, I actually will leave town. I would probably just bounce, you know, come go to, you know, California, Portland, just the surrounding cities, but have home base in Utah. And I chose Utah because to be honest, there's like a low crime. I don't hear about a lot of crime there. And, you know, I'm not getting into all of that, but the crime has risen significantly in Nevada, at least around mm -hmm. Vegas area. And um, I think California got hit very hard and it just doesn't make sense financially to try to move that way. No, yeah, that makes sense. Do you do mm -hmm. you know anybody in Utah or is this going to be another one that'll start from scratch, build your own network over there? I have a really close girlfriend that lives there, but I kind of just, when I'm focused on work, I don't need a large network to be physically around me. It's a lot, like, I thought about it, I'm like, a lot of my close friends live in California, honestly. But they're, you know, they're thinking about me moving to right now and cost of living. But I, as long as, like, I have my peace of mind in an area that I feel like I'm more concerned about being in nature and loving my surroundings at this point in my life, I am not huge. I know this is so strange, but I, everybody close to me knows that I don't like a lot of sunshine. I'm so not the normalness. Like, if you come into my house, it's set up like an ice queen princess. I, I'm in a desert and everything's winter and like fall and like I want clouds over sun and I'm just in the wrong city like a serious like a fish out of water like I'm like how yeah. did I end up in the desert when I always I prefer cloudy days and I like rain on occasion not every day but you know at least like I don't know once a week and um so I was just kind of thinking of it as a sense of like what do I like in nature and weather now Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it when you're like trying to find like a good place to like settle and again continue building your brand. You know, it's insane oh, to me yeah. that like you never because when I first moved out here to LA, I moved out here to LA in for the first time in 2012, and then I quickly moved back after a little setback. But I I knew like maybe one or two people, but I can't imagine going to a whole other state and a whole other city without knowing anybody. That's that's insane. That's impressive, honestly. Let me paint you a picture of what I endured moving here. Like, just to give you an idea. First off, because I didn't know anybody, I was bouncing around without a lease. So I had moved here and um, God forbid this guy ever listens to this, but you know, it's not, it's on him, not me. But I yeah. moved here and his fiance did not know I was coming till 10 days before I arrived. I knew for three months. So when I arrived and it's her home and they have this big massive house and they, the whole deal was they were gonna rent me a room for free for three months because I had done so much work for them in addition to some pay and then I would be paid payroll. So I moved, I packed up all my stuff. Um, me and my dad drove together. It was, the, it was literally the longest amount of time I'd ever spent with him in my entire life in one week. It was like mashed together, like my whole child mashed together. It was the most time I'd ever spent with that man. And we took the road trip to make sure I made it okay. And I left half of my belongings, it literally in place at my old apartment I had an ex and I left him, I left it with him. We're friends now. He's cool. He'll probably listen to this. We're good. And <laughs> so we get, I get to Vegas and I was so ready to move that I was less afraid of what would happen when I got here. And just, it was so overdue that I was just more excited. Do you know what I mean? 
So yeah. I, I get to the place and she's not happy. I'm moving in and I get this weird vibe. And for like, I was at their place for maybe four months and before I could get really situated, but she didn't want me to use the kitchen and the, the kitchen fridge. So I had to use the fridge in the garage. They didn't want me to walk through that. She didn't want me to walk through the home. She was like freaking out about stuff that I stole, like a fork and a spoon. I mean, it like went crazy, level, level, straight crazy. But I had only enough money in my pocket to survive. I didn't have, because I thought my rent would be paid and I did, and I thought I was going to get money right away. And I didn't really prepare the way I should have. So I couldn't move out right away. And I had done all this free work. So I did, you know, stay up until the end of it. But it was pretty miserable, and she did not like having me around. So, so like you guys never, dog, yeah, you guys never found like common ground at all. She never like you know warmed up to I you. She like thought I had something to do with him, and it was just he was significantly older than me. There was nothing there, and I I was just this Indiana girl thrown into Vegas. You know, I drove out here. I didn't understand the culture and everything. I was kind of observe, very observant. So I really wanted to see how the city worked before I told a lot of people about who I was. I would just kind of get to know them and ask them questions. So I was pretty smart and about that. And But then I ended up moving out and getting, God, I think I moved six times that year because every roommate was like, I'm going through a breakup. We have to move out. Or I'm going to go move back home. It's not working for me. It was a hustle and bustle year. And I came at a time when the economy was falling. So I didn't even know that like i didn't pay attention i didn't yeah. pay attention to economics. yeah you know you're just like this you're just this young girl who's out there just trying yeah, to like make, like, make it like yeah <laughs> so it was, it was a wild ride for sure did you ever like those like first four, like, four months ever think about going back going back to indiana at all or was that even a possibility never never like when i make really large decisions in my life and i have made some really big, big decisions like that, like three times. When I make it, like I know it and I don't look back. Like I was in a long-term relationship for almost seven years that I knew I didn't want to be in and I didn't plan it. I woke up one day and ended it and it was tragic. (laughs) The way it went down was tragic and I never looked back. And then when I moved to Vegas, same thing. I was given the offer. I didn't wait, I didn't hesitate. I said, when do you want me there? Like I had no plan. I was still in the lease and it, I just, I worked it out. You know, it was, I, and then when I got here, I was like, I'm not looking back. I was supposed to be out here years ago. I knew when I was 10, I didn't fit in in Indiana. Like I've always known I didn't fit in in Indiana and I've always been the black sheep. So when you're so used to not really fitting in, you don't really crave a place that feels like home. You sort of make anywhere your home, you know? Yeah, that's a, oh, that's a great way of looking at it. Like, again, yeah, when I when I first moved out to L.A., I, I left, and I always kicked myself for leaving. Man, I should just, I should just stay. It's just a bucket, you know, keep hustling. But I, you know, I was young. I got I got scared. I, kept, I kind of fed into my own little fears and just moved back to Texas. But then years and years went by. I was like, man, I just want to go back to L.A. I just want to go back to L.A. And I finally did. And then after being here now a year and a half consistently, it's I just keep thinking, man, I never should have left because had I never left, I would be in a totally different spot. Maybe not better, but definitely not worse. Mm-hmm. I, like, I would have been in a different spot than I am now because I've, over the past year, I've done so many things. It's like, man, I, I can't even imagine what I would have been doing if I came here, if I would have stayed out here when I was 18, you know? I mean, I think we all do that, though. 
Like, I don't know a person that doesn't sit there and beat themselves up because they didn't make a decision later, sooner. And the problem with that is, is the journey to make a decision um, is the journey that you needed to make that decision. So we'd like to cut the middle out and then we forget, oh yeah, I needed steps eight through nine to make step 10. Mm -hmm. And as much as I would like to cut that time in half, that's just not how it works, you know, like, and it's different for each of us. And I used to beat myself up because I knew I wanted to move to to uh, California way sooner. And I was terrified and I waited. And I also knew that when I was unhappy in a long-term relationship, I knew in the first year and I stayed for almost six more, five more, five and a half. And my point being is I, I, I beat myself up for the longest time. Um, God, I beat myself up. And then I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't want to spend the rest of my life beating myself up that I didn't live it the way I thought I should have. And instead, I'm just going to learn and do better and make decisions faster. And that's why I don't look back now. I've made so many decisions delayed in my life that now when I make a decision, I'm so certain because I've made so many serious decisions rather quickly and I trust myself that much more, but we don't trust ourselves at first until we make leaps. Right. So mm -hmm. yeah, it takes time and it's so easy to be like, gosh, what if, but then what if you would have gotten there and some disaster would have happened? Who knows? You know, we, who knows? Yeah. You always get, you can't really get too caught up in the what ifs. Cause lately I've, I've met a couple of friends over the past, like, couple of months i mean obviously it's due to, due to the pandemic but like they kept thinking oh maybe i should just move back like no don't move back you're here and this is where you want to be you know just just stick with it you know yeah it's probably harder to move back after you move away if people really really need to be there and they're not like miserable with that decision then they should stick it out but if it's like oh i don't even know if i want to do this anymore and they're not sure then they might explore other options but yeah, but yeah i mean it's this year really defined uh, what people want in their future for a lot of people it changed their path really quickly it brought relationships to a head are we going to stay together are we going to divorce are we going to have kids are we not a lot of people are turning up pregnant married and a lot are divorcing so it kind of gave us an advantage in a way that it fast forwarded because it forced everyone to feel and think and make decisions that they wouldn't have made had they been able to be distracted and not stuck at home so it's it's been a really weird weird year but it might have been the one that everybody needed to make decisions that they've been stalling on you know yeah actually i've brought that up in a recent podcast episode too where it's like it's weird how and granted i don't wish this year on anybody but like it is kind of crazy how this year has given us every, a chance to have our own little come to jesus moment like take a step take a step back you know look in the mirror and reflect on like okay what am i doing how how can i like better myself now after everything else has been taken away like is this who I really right. want to be? Is this what is this what I really want? Yeah, it's it's a crazy, it's crazy how much like the pandemic has taken away, but it's also offered so much if you really think about it. And that's how I viewed it. And I'm not, I know people go, oh, but you work from home. Right. But you didn't see my last two years. Like I had my my two years before this one, I was paying the price. Like I went through so much hell. And that's why I'm like, oh my God, I don't think I could have handled another a third I mean I could have I would have done it but like I felt like I had already gone through it and it put me in a position to help a lot of people and like I became sort of like their entertaining streamer and whatever and you know give them advice and kind of be the shoulder to cry on and I I was like I needed that we needed some people in place this year who could help people around them and I thank God for that because 
I wasn't going, oh my God, I'm shocked. And to say this year was easy. Like people see what I put out, but I wouldn't say it was easy. I was going through a lot this year too, but I, in, in contrast to what other people were going through, I didn't feel like it was much, but like, it's so crazy to me because my, my friends would be like, God, you don't, people would never know that you're dealing with X, Y, and Z with the curtain pulled. And I'm like, I don't talk about it because I don't, I've learned to live light. And if you could learn this one thing in life, honestly, people carry their problems with them into everything, every conversation, every, like to work, to their, when they go out and they're trying to have fun. And it's like, I've been able, I don't call it compartmentalizing. I don't, sometimes I do, I have to absolutely compartmentalize, but it'll always spill over. The emotions will come through wherever you are. You can't just shut them off and then turn, whatever. You kind of can, but you sort of, it will come to a head. That's what I'm saying. But I've learned to live light when things were heavy and find the silver lining. And that's what I said by find the fun. We need laughter and you have to be able to kind of like laugh sometimes. And I had, I remember when I started, just to give you an example, I started streaming the day I started streaming. Now I was one of the, I was the first streamer that they were rolling out with. They were testing on me. And so I thought they were going to wait like a few more days. So they call me up and I just got out of spin class. And so, you know, like I'm like hot and sweaty. I'm not ready to be in makeup and online and, you know, go streaming. And they were like, Hey, can you be online in 30 minutes? And I'm like, what? And they're like, the executives are wanting to watch you. And I didn't even know what I was going to do. Like, I just kind of like, you know what? I, I had no idea what the expectations were. I was setting the expectation. So I go home and I like, I said, sure. Now, in the meantime, I'm in the Starbucks parking lot. I remember this vividly because when things are like tragic, you remember. And then I get a call as I'm driving home that my dad's in the hospital with a blood clot and he might not make it. And I'm like, he's back in Indiana. And I'm like, what? Like, he's never in the hospital. Hey, your dad might not make it. He has a blood clot. We don't know what's going to happen. And they gave me all sorts of bad news. So, I, you know, what? I go home and I'm, I'm like, okay. I said, okay. Why? Because I knew I wasn't going to be able to do anything. And I knew I needed to keep it together. And that this was going to, like, this is, a, you don't go, oh, I can't do this. I'm going through something. Yeah, they'll understand. And they're going to pass you up. So I, I knew I need the money. So, you know, I need the work. So I go home and I'm putting on my makeup now. And I speak about this very candidly because this has been my life since I was 10. And my mom battles schizophrenia and my parents are not together. She had been off her medications and like ran homeless. And like, I mean, I have police calling. I was trying to get power of attorney over her. This is like something that's been on and off throughout my life, like as a teenager. And so I am like, no shit, getting my makeup on. My dad's in the hospital. My aunt's freaking out. I'm trying to get on streaming within 30 minutes because executives are going to watch me. And this is like a major paycheck for me. And, and it's not about the money. I just knew that I couldn't do anything where I was at anyway. And I was like, I'm freaking out. It's not going to do anything. I'll freak out later. So, <laughs> so then my mom is like calling me 25 times. She's calling me 25 times, having episodes screaming at me that she doesn't know what she's going to do. Um, people are chasing her. She's seeing things. She does it like she's literally tearing up hotel rooms, trying to like bouncing around in the city that she's in in Indiana. And I'm getting ready for the stream. And I went on the stream for three hours straight and was text I was on my laptop messaging my aunt to make sure my dad was okay. And I waited till I was done to call my mom back. That was how my life was without people knowing 
that kind of stuff was happening daily for me for like three months straight, like three months straight. I would wake three up three months and like while you were call. still while you're still streaming, I mean, that was that was, was going streaming. on behind the curtain. Eight to ten hours a day, I was streaming, being entertainment, and then and I and I did have I drank a lot because the pandemic. I mean, I wasn't I've never been an alcoholic. I didn't even have my first drink until I was almost twenty two. Um, but like, and I, my, both of my parents were alcoholics. So I come from a very interesting background and I didn't want to drink myself. So, and I was in church and I was involved in the ministry. So I wasn't going to, that's a whole nother ball game too. And I was dealing with this too. So I wouldn't say this year was easy, but you wouldn't know it because I learned to live light. Like I still loved my, I still loved the life, even when things were hard. Like I still was so grateful to be alive. And I've had so many, you know, like I was in the Vegas shooting, like I've been assaulted before. Like I've had scary things happen to me all, all my life that you wouldn't know. Be, and I, it's because I still love life so much and I love people so much. And I'm so grateful to be alive. And that's a journey on its own. And like this year I'm saying was different for everybody, but I wouldn't say that I had it hard because I know some people did lose their, their jobs and their everything, but I was still dealing with it with my family and um this stuff still goes on but like it's a little bit more controlled it's just um it's like it's not like 25 calls a day now it's like you know one <laughs> and, and she's back on her meds but That's like this good. is the kind of stuff that i had and people and you wouldn't know it and i wasn't not dealing with it i just was like at peace with the chaos because i was at peace even with chaos around me i was at peace yeah, you just didn't you just didn't let it affect you. Like, yeah, you were you weren't like not dealing with it. You weren't putting it aside, or I guess in a way you were, but it wasn't like like yeah, you weren't streaming, and all of a sudden you get like a, some news, and you just immediately break down. No, I mean I'm hundred percent might have grabbed a drink. Like I think a lot of us, I drink a lot of wine. I would drink with you. It's like on the stream sometimes, but like I didn't. It wasn't like constant drinking. I might be like, you know what. I need a glass of wine <laughs> and I don't, and I'm like, I think that's pretty good. If like what I needed right now was like prayer and a glass of wine, which might. Yeah. Geez, after every, after everything you're going through. Yeah. A glass of wine. is Okay. It's okay to have a glass of wine. But uh, I feel so good. And I, like I said, I just, we, that's my battle, but everybody mm. has their battle. Like whether it's, you've had yours, your story's insane. Everybody has their story. And like, I just didn't want my story to be all the things I was going through. I wanted my story this year to be like how I was able to handle it and help other people. Like I wanted my focus to be on that. I wasn't going to focus on the things that made me, I wasn't going to victimize myself. Like there's 101 million ways in this year without getting into politics and everything. But my point being is there's 101 million ways you can be a victim. And there's 101 million ways you can be a victor. And that's 100% up to you. Yeah, I never never heard that quote before. I might, I might actually steal that now because that's a, that's a good way of looking at life. Like, thanks. You can quote me on it later, and then I'll put it on the <laughs> yeah. internet for you. <laughs> oh, thanks. But no, it's crazy. You, you mentioned like my story, and I've I've talked about it a couple times too. But like before, I think like on a stream with you, I mentioned that, and you're like, oh my god, you should you should tell that to people. And I always get so it's weird telling you know you know like it's weird telling your your story because you don't know like it's hard to kind of like put yourself back especially because it's been so long it's when you tell stories like that it feels like you're putting yourself back in that situation like obviously you know people know i was i was paralyzed you know i wasn't i was told I was never gonna walk again and i people i went to high school knew about that and after after graduated high school kind of just left that 
in the past because I just didn't want to. Because even, and if people who went to high school listen to this, you guys know, but like even after that, because I was like my freshman year, uh, freshman year, and I got better and like I was like, you know, walking everything again. And but I was still known as that guy. It always kept being brought up, being brought up. So it's like when oh I gosh, left, because you're a walking miracle. You're literally yeah. a Bible story walking. Like you're literally <laughs> a walking miracle. That's because that's not honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 see, I see that now, but like back then I did. Back yeah, then it was always like that. Like because you know I was, I was young and I was very yeah. insecure about it. And so anytime, even like when I was walking on, on the halls of high school, or, or like a year later, I was in, I was on the goddamn football team for for reasons to kind of like to prove myself but yeah it was always brought up and I was just like okay okay I get it and I just never wanted to talk about it so I put that aside and then like after you know after talking with you you know you should you should mention this so I put up a whole story I put it like on Instagram put it on Facebook and I had so many messages from people saying like oh my god I had no idea that's so inspiring and it's like I didn't know that until, you know, after a conversation with you, then also hearing other people, like, like another one of my friends is like, wrote this long paragraph that's like, tell me how, how much of an inspiration I am. Like, that's so incredible. You, that you're able to it's like your that. story is so, yeah, your story needs to be heard because there's somebody out there who has no hope of walking again. And you might go, well, what if they don't walk again? Uh-uh. What changes in somebody when they have hope versus when they didn't have hope? It's not about just the walking. It's an internal in- shift that can change their entire life and open up doors and opportunities for them that may have nothing to do with them ever walking on their legs. And when you told me that story, I was like, oh, have you been interviewed on TV? Has it been on like the Ellen show? Like I was blown away that you hadn't been like, this is like, it's like a story from the books or one that would go into a movie. So yeah, I definitely, there's going to be a time when I'm going to turn the tables around and be like okay cool I want to interview you now and your story because there's so many people that need to hear stories about the impossible being possible again especially when they're in impossible situations you know those are the stories that need to be heard yeah it's crazy like especially now looking back on it it's one of those things it's it's I, I now I have a whole confidence like no one can ever tell me like oh hey Chris you can't do this well fuck you I can't do this I'm gonna do it because I can do it I've, I've been through hell. You don't, you don't, yeah, exactly. You don't know the hell I've been through. I'm still here. So, like, <laughs> even, like, you know, recently I, I posted, like, uh, I was in the ER, and then, like, you know, I have a blood clot, too. It came back. I am, like, completely 100. I mean, a little, I'm a little worried, but not as much as I would have I been, like, if, if I never gone through all the shit I've gone through. Because now I'm just like, you know, fuck it. You, you guys think I'm going to get better in two months? I'm going to do it in a month. You think, you think I'm going to get better in a month? I'm going to do it in two weeks. I'm just, like, now I have the mentality of just like, yeah, you, you think You've I can't fucking do it? So I'm going to fucking work. do it. Exactly. Yeah. You, yeah. That's amazing. Your story is insane. Oh. Yeah. And again, it's, it's one of those things that I'm grateful that, like, shout out to my family and, like, my, my two sisters who were there for me when that happened because, yeah, they all, they saw, like, if anyone ever asked them, they saw, like, the anguish I went through, um, and yeah, I don't, I don't want to like veer too much away from it, but yeah, it's, it's very, it's like what you've gone through. Like you, you, you hustled, you, you know, you made yourself, you knew your worth, you kept going because you knew that like, I'm fucking Char, I'm going to do this. I'm going to succeed. No one's going to tell me I can't do it. Right. And I don't want to downplay all of the, the time that I took away from the world to work on myself to get there. 
Like, I don't want to downplay the fact that I've been on personal journeys since I was 15. Like, that's a journey. And so what happens is when people go through something and they can't handle it, they want to skip out on the personal journey that it takes to be strong enough to handle that. And like, I'm like, dang, I started at 15. Like, I remember when I picked up a Joyce Wire book about the battlefield of the mind, I started thinking about like, oh, how powerful the mind was when I was 15 years old. I started studying that, you know, and now I'm like, how many books have I read? How many times did I get off social media? And I remember I went on a stint where I was offline for six months. Now it wasn't on purpose. I, somebody hacked my account, but the, for one month solid, I was offline completely on purpose. And I did a whole social media cleansing because I was miserable. And I realized I was addicted to social media. And what's crazy is now I work in social media. I would never be okay working in social media had I not gone on a journey that cleansed me and detoxed me from the social media addiction I had. Because there's an, there's an addiction to that. So I've been on a lot of little journeys, spiritual journeys. Um, everything's God. I say it's spiritual. It's very God-based, but I could sit across from an astrologer and have a great conversation and talk about spirituality or a Buddhist, have a great conversation and understand spirituality there and take some of their words. But like mine is definitely, you know, God based, but like there's, there's, there's journeys that people, you can't cut through. You've got to take time away from people and heal. you got to take time single. A lot of time single. I've been so single. <laughs> I'm like, I've been so single. Okay. Now I'm ready. But like, you know, but, but I needed to be single to find my value first. Like I needed to go through terrible breakups. I needed to go through and I needed to go instead of blaming the person or blaming the problem, like go, what is it in that that made me want that person? I want to fix that. What is it in that that made me so miserable and feel empty when that collapsed, that job went away? I didn't realize that I valued myself based on what I was doing. Why did I do that? And then I would work on that. Like I stopped when something happened and focused on my reaction to it and, and went to work there. And if you can focus on your reaction to it, which is why I, I, I try not to get caught up in what everybody's doing is because everybody's so reactive right now and nobody's taking responsibilities for their reactions. And then they're wondering why they can't handle shit when shit hits the fan, because the, you've got to really be responsible for how you react and what you do with that, because ultimately it's your life. And like, that's how I, that's how I, you know, approach it is it's my responsibility to be happy and nobody else is to make me happy. It's my responsibility to make it by myself. I've been very fiercely independent not necessarily by choice. It's going to be my responsibility that I enjoy the life that I want to live. And that's what I'm working on now. And it's nobody's fault, but my own, if that doesn't happen. Yeah. Same again, same here. That's my, my mentality for the past, yeah, past five years. Like it's all, it's all on me. Like it's all on me to like know my value, know my worth. And just if, if shit, if shit hits the fan, I'm, it's me to, you know, to deal with it. It's me to clean it up. Exactly. And it's like, it, what it does is instead of giving power to a situation and everybody, everybody else in the chaos, it empowers you to be like, no, fuck that. I'm going to still do what I want to do. I'm still going to go after my dream. I'm still going to, yeah, this year I like, God, by the end of the year, I will have started three different businesses at once and I'm middle of two, but, and it was like, I'm like, Ooh, how can I work, you know, work with other people right now? And, and, you know, I'm in the middle of it. You guys will be seeing it soon. Be on the lookout. Launching an e-commerce business. I hired somebody to, to show me the ropes. I definitely recommend getting a mentor to, to teach you. So I'll be doing Amazon and then I'll be doing Shopify. And I'm just sent off my social media training materials. And I'll be, there'll be workshops and workbooks and stuff. And I partner with somebody 
to teach people how to start a business and we take all of the difficulties out of it. So I'm very excited about that because I think the biggest problem I had, and I'm in the, the beginning stages, so it's, it's awesome because I'm going to share my journey online, but it's like people get too afraid because they're like, I don't know what to do though. I don't even know where to begin. And then they end up with their wheels spinning in the dirt and not doing anything. So I, I had to tackle that because I did that. And then now I'm like, mm, now I know what to do because I freaking studied it for too long. <laughs> so it's like all that knowledge, you know, collapsing into yeah. one year and I'm putting it out. So I'm working on that right now. And that'll be out and like some of that stuff will be out in the next two to three weeks. So nice. we'll see. Oh, yeah. It's been a crazy year. Yeah, crazy year. But you're like you said, you're starting three businesses. That's insane. But if anyone can do well, it, it's legitimizing. You because I was doing it as an independent contractor under my name, but now I was like, okay, I need an LLC. And then I'll, you know, it'll be like DBAs underneath the LLC. But um, I thought it was just going to be, I was like, I, I thought I was going to start sooner. And then, you know, good old pandemic happened. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I don't know. I would say this year has been both a blessing and a curse, but more so a blessing. And, a, and well, I, mean, I don't mean that for the people that really were at loss either. You know, I'm not being, you know, cross about it. No, no, of course, of course. I was going to say, let me ask you this. So, you know, you're 10 years into your journey in Las Vegas. What would you, what, what would be the five things you would tell young Char, like just coming into the state? What, what would be those five things you would tell her? Like if you could just go back in time, just like give her some advice. Oh, like like advice that would have sped up the process of the last 10 years. So probably one is, and I took this advice, but I'm going to give it to people too. If they ever move to a new city, meet as many people as possible. And starting people say all the time, I don't like small talk. Well, you know what? Small talk is what leads to deep conversations. So cut that crap out. That mentality is stupid. You don't just walk up to someone and ask, Oh, you know, how did you decide that you wanted to divorce your wife today? You go, hey, where are you from? That is small talk. You have to get there. To, you know what I'm saying? Like people yeah, want yeah. to skip out the small talk. It's all about the small talk when you move. So I would have given my advice and I, and I did do that. So two, um, whatever it is that you want to do. When I moved here, I've always, first off, I've always wanted to do motivational speaking. At first I was an evangelist. And then I was like, I want to be a motivational speaker. And I delayed, delayed, delayed because I thought I needed to be an expert in every field before I did it and I didn't realize you become an expert by doing it. So anyway, next year we'll be going in that direction. I have like this whole plan, but I've been wanting to do this for stuff for years. I mean, we're talking well over 15 years, you know, going to age myself here. And so I would say whatever it is that you dream about, if you know you want to do it and you've been wanting to do it, just start with step one. And whenever you do step one, step two, three, and four, they come along you can't figure them out without doing the work first. So don't even try. Just do what you know first. Three, uh, don't date in the service industry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. No, this, hey, that's... This, is, <laughs> this is for Las Vegas. You know what? Actually, I didn't. I kept, I actually stick to my own rule. I only dated one guy in the nightlife for the longest time. And then I went through a whole history. I dated a bunch of male dancers. I don't know what, I, anyway. God bless America. I did. I, and then I was like, okay, I need to be dating a little bit more seriously. Anybody that knows me for a while will know that's true. Anyway, um, four, um, learn, 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 learn. If you feel like you're stuck and you're like, God, I just can't even like 
get it done today. I just feel mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually stuck. Probably because you've tapped out with the knowledge you have and with the inspiration you have and it's running dry. It's time to re-inspire yourself. Go read inspiring stories. Go do some research on a topic to reinvigorate your life and learn because that's the only thing that's going to move you when you feel stuck. I call it like borrowing energy. If I feel really tired, I listen to people who are really energetic and stuff and I kind of get on their wavelength and get my day going. That's four. Five, please don't get stuck in a job just because it pays a lot and not make plans for every girl that is in the is a cocktail waitress this year. Every guy that was just a bartender freaking struggled if they didn't have another source of income. Whatever it is, have multiple sources of income. I have at least four now. Like if you don't have multiple sources of income and you went through this pandemic this year, look, I know that it's not even just a pandemic. You lose your job. You Something happens to you and you're not able to do that job or you're not suddenly like, oh, I have a scar on my face or an accident and I'm, I'm not pretty the model bartender that they needed. You're, you're screwed. So make sure you have multiple sources of income and never rely on one or anybody else to pay your bills and save some money. You don't need the designer bag. You should put it into an LLC and start a business instead. There's my, yeah. All right. Hey, that's some, some good advice. Hell, it's good <laughs> advice for not just for, not just for young Char, but for anybody out there who's like <laughs> moving to like a new city or a new state and just want to like build their own brand. Exactly. I love that you said build your own brand because it's kind of the, you'll, you'll laugh whenever we come out with the name of our stuff, our product, because it's kind of the direction it's said. Build your own business, build your own brand is exactly what we're going to be releasing. Cool. Maybe you can quote me on that. Maybe I can get a little piece of the pie there. I mean, of course. You can always (laughs) review it. Be like, this stuff is shit. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, okay. When you see a review that says that, that, that's not me. Just just so you know. You hater. (laughs) Oh man! Well, you'll, you'll also like, well, also speaking speaking of hate, how do you? I want to ask you this. Like, this is the last yeah. thing I'll ask you. Like, how do you deal with like? Because obviously, in your life, you will get haters or people who just like try to troll <laughs> you. Like, how yeah. do you? Especially since yeah, you you're you're a vlogger, and like a lot of people on blogs like to post like a lot of hate comments. I, I always want to know like, how do you guys deal with hate comments? Like, do you, do you ever like try to respond to them or like you say, oh yeah. fuck, I'll just we'll, I'll ignore it. We won't end on this note. You'll have to ask me one more question because I don't want it to be ended on the hater one. But the hater, uh, you know what? It used to bother me back. I don't know. I think I went through this huge fuck it mode like three years ago. And it was the most liberating. Now, I kind of turned into like hell on wheels and kind of, a, I, you know, like I was, I'm always nice and kind to people, whatever. But I was kind of in like that, you know, kill Bill bitch mode. And I was just like, I don't even care anymore. You know, I was so tired of making everybody else happy and trying to like adjust to the people around me. And I was like kind of miserable. And I'm like, who am I when I'm not trying to make everybody happy and adjust to my surroundings? Who's that person? And I'm like, sometimes that person can be a bitch. Sometimes that person flies off the handle and says what she wants. Usually she has a lot of tact in class, but sometimes she doesn't. Sometimes she has a viewpoint that's quite offensive to another person in the room. I embrace that person instead of trying to change or to please everybody because that person is exactly who I am. And when I now, and then after that, I didn't care as well. I like laughed at it. And this year it kind of set myself up for attacks. I'm not going to get into it now. And I've lightened up a bit, but I was getting involved a little bit more than politics than I had planned. And, and it's just, you know what? It just got, it's just not worth the energy sometimes to share everything you think online. And 
I got was getting heavily attacked for it. And I, I like laughed. I was like, this is so ridiculous. First off, I'm not saying things that are offensive. Um, I'm not putting it out there to be offensive. I'm actually trying to be informative and I'm upset just like everybody else is about something. And I remember, and I got attacked by some people and I'm like, the people that take the time to comment and troll my page are quite miserable themselves. They don't have enough going on in their own life to be happy about. So they literally troll pages because they're miserable and they're sharing that misery with other people. It's like, I'm unhappy. And so who can I, who else can, can I make unhappy today? Like, and so when I see it, I actually feel sorry for those people um, in a way, or I, I mean, I did get like a little irritated with somebody or I got angry because they screenshot an image of mine and it was for a children's charity and they made it like perverted. And I thought that was completely inappropriate. But like outside of that, I don't, I don't care what people's opinions are of me because I don't use, they're not a source of me to build myself up. Like I, I love who I am. I am who I am. I love my circles. I respect and value people, but I don't need you to respect and value me. Now I don't want you to harm me, but I don't need you to respect and value me. So when you realize that you don't need that approval, it gives you so much freedom to be yourself because you realize when you stand for anything, people will say things against it. And if otherwise it's like, not everybody's going to agree with you. That's just like not the reality of the situation. Everybody has a different viewpoint and that's okay. And I don't need them to agree with me. Just don't harm me, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, harm me. I never get people who do like, like who spend their time like trolling people or leaving comments like, man, you're, they're just living, they're living rent free in your head. Like they don't care about you. They don't care. Like, oh, this little comment that you're posting, you're the one that's taking time to post that. Like why? Yeah, I, I, I always see when people like, I've even seen like a something like your page too. It's like, why even follow you? Why even follow you if they're just going to leave hate comments? Why waste the time and energy on that? You know, if they would put at least ten percent of that energy hating other people back into loving themselves and starting a business, they'd probably be millionaires. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All that time and effort that you're putting into that. Imagine what you could be doing with that. That you know, you could be that making money. You could be the one who's made the success. Yeah, that two to three hours a day, you could have a, a booming online business. I'm. I, I think of it like that. I'm like, wow what a waste of your time and energy to be circling around. Like I call them internet vultures looking for a carcass to feed on. Like you literally are like you're equivalent to a vulture online. So, you know what? They can hide away because I, <laughs> I don't care. Like yeah, I exactly. don't care. <laughs> I just like, yeah, they, they, can, they can life, keep, so. <laughs> they can keep hating, but you just keep blowing it, growing and glowing. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One one more question, since you didn't want to end on the hate comment. Um, what's like the one thing you want to do in 2021? Like, provided that this pandemic's over, like, where's like either like you want to like, place to travel or just a, just something to do? Like, what's like the one major thing you want to get done in 2021? I want to go through the Tony Robbins Mundane University, get my coaching, and launch my real coaching there because all of my stuff is built up all this stuff to do the online work to be successful in all these businesses ultimately i want to help people but i've always wanted to structure it in a way that i could teach people also how to support themselves because i didn't want to just be that little i have enough information enough training in me or whatever to do all of that but i don't in a way to make you successful financially and honestly money's a big issue and i wanted to tackle that before i launched any type of like you know, motivational speaking. I don't just come and motivate you. I want to teach you how to do it. So I'm doing it myself. I'm t putting myself through the process this year. That's what I'm doing, like this year through next. But like, that's the direction I'm headed. 
I've been knowing I wanted to do that since I was a teenager. I've wanted to help people and I have, but now I'm going to put it in like a legitimate format, you know, and like in go to speaking agencies. And in my dream is always to work with him. So I have friends that work with him direct, which is very cool. It's like, and it was just a big influence on my life amongst a lot of other people. So next year really is focused on the work, but, um, uh, you know, and I'm, and I'm focused on things. If you look, Oh, money isn't going to make you happy. It's not like just about that, but I do want to find my success and I would love to find the right relationship. (laughs) I'll be like very candid about it. It's very difficult to date. And it's especially difficult to date when you're an ambitious woman who works from home, like, and then you go out in a mask. So you're like, how am I supposed to meet someone with a mask? (laughs) So I just want to settle, like, I'm just ready for different stages in my life to really like, this has been set up for years and I would love to, I'm obsessed with Switzerland. I don't, I'm obsessed with that country. I've never been to, I've only been to Paris and Amsterdam and Europe. I don't know what it is about Switzerland. I think it's just like, you know, the Swiss Alps and it's very like Christmas village around Christmas. And I'm so that like Christmas town girl. And I love the, the, just the beauty of the mountains and then the water and oh, it's like a little village. I feel like that would be my paradise a hundred percent. That's my oasis. That's where I want to go. I'm not really like, a, I want to go to Cancun. I'm like, I really want to go to Switzerland. So I have to, I have to go to Switzerland next year. Like, like it is a must. <laughs> <laughs> well, knowing you, you're going to go to Switzerland. All roads are leading to Switzerland for you. <laughs> and then I'll be like, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, so you, you have your well, today. you have your well-deserved oasis there. Yeah. Thanks. You've been a lot of fun to talk to, Chris. That was really yeah. enjoyable. I'm, I'm definitely gonna turn the tables though, so you be prepared when I want you to share your story as well. So that'll be a lot. Oh of fun. man, I guess, I guess so. I guess. You I'll guess? Come on, you walking <laughs> miracle. <laughs> All right. Well, Shard, tell people where they can find you online. Where can they find you on social media? Well. Be on the lookout. My website will be up, Charmodel, M-O-D-E-L-L-E.com. And then all of my, my Instagrams, Charmodel. My Facebook is Charmodel. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all Charmodel. And then, um, yeah, you'll find all the information about the business and stuff will be up there soon. I am cranking it out. So give me just a couple more weeks. Well, hell yeah. Yeah, give you a couple <laughs> more weeks. You'll just, you'll just be, like, you'll just be booming out there. Yeah, I hope so. It'll, it honestly, oh my God, it's just a, it takes a while to be booming. I'm gonna be like, woohoo! I made one sale online. You know, it, there's a journey happening right now. Let's just put it that way. But I'm transparent yeah. about it. <laughs> All right, guys, you can also follow me on Instagram at the Chris Crusade and on Twitter at the Chris Lemke. And now I have a YouTube channel thanks to Sharp because she's actually inspired me to start my own YouTube channel, which Yay! I've had. I've had like YouTube episodes. I actually, I, sometimes the episodes of this podcast will appear on YouTube, but I've never actually like put any effort into it. So now I have started a YouTube channel and like I have a one video up there of my, my first reel. So if you guys want to see it and leave, leave comments, I don't care if you like leave hate comments because that's on you, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I would appreciate it if you liked and shared, but if you want to hate it, fuck it. You would go for it. Hate it. I don't give a shit, but um, I hate it. Yeah, exactly. Live it or hate it. I don't care. As long as it's out there, you guys see my stuff. It's all cool to me, you know? Sounds good. But anyways, guys, I will catch you guys next time. Peace out.